Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the 12 Questions Podcast. My name is Jeff Gluck. I'm a motorsports writer for The Athletic. And each week, I ask the same 12 questions to a different race car driver. Up next is Carson Hosevar, who was recently named as the new driver for Aspire Motorsports' number 77 car beginning next season. Obviously, if you've been following Carson, he's already been in the Cup Series lately, uh, filling in for the Noah Gregson ride at Legacy Motorsports, and has been doing a great job there, impressing a lot of people. And he's in the Truck Series playoffs as well. He's won three Truck Series races since we last spoke to him. But really, I've been excited about this guy potentially coming to the Cup Series ever since the first 12 questions we did last year. Um, I just thought, whoa, wow, this guy's a great personality, really interesting perspective on things, kind of says some different things that you don't usually hear out of a lot of young drivers. And I think him growing up as a big fan of the sport um, and now being in it has really informed that perspective that he has and he's sort of willing to uh, put himself out there a little bit more. And I think that's good. We need that right now in NASCAR. So uh, hopefully you'll enjoy this interview as much as I did. Let's give it a listen. All right, everybody. We're here with Carson Hosevar, who ha- last year had one of the best 12 questions of the entire season. And now you're like big time. And you still are willing to do it. So thank yeah. you for... I don't know if I'd say big time. Bigger uh, time than you were a year I ago. I would say bigger time. We can go with that. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think... I don't know what, what like what categorizes you as big time, right? I've only ran 11 so far in a cup car. I don't know if that's big time yet or not. Um, but I've had three truck wins, so truck big time. And then little little guy, even though I'm really tall, little guy, cup guy. Well, la- I mean, you hadn't even had the leg thing yet when we did the 12 questions last year. So this is true. A lot has happened. A lot has good. A lot of good things has happened. Maybe yes. this is a good sign. Like, okay. Maybe this is a good sign. Like it's going to double down, even get it even better. Even yeah. By this time next year, when we talk. Yes. Yeah. All right. So the first question for this year is: uh, You must pick one chore obligation to do every single day for a year. But if you do it every single day, you never have to do it again for the rest of your life. Ooh. So what would you like to knock out forever? What would I like to knock out forever? Um, See, I don't like. I'm trying to think of like chores I actually have to like do. I, I DoorDash everything, so I can just throw it away. Um, That's I, I love that. That's the young. I'm very like young. Like if I didn't, life, like if I went yeah. to college, my lifestyle would not have to change. <laughs> um, man, I'd want to say like make my bed, like just because that's a really good one. Um, like that's like like the prim and proper like really good one. And plus two, like there's a lot like when you come back and your bed's made, it's so fulfilling. But the problem is if I did that every day, like I think I would just keep doing it. Mm. Um, you would have to break the good habit. I would have to break the good habit at the end. So I'm trying to think of something like that is not like gross. Um, man, uh, that's a tough one. I'd say probably doing laundry, but at the same time you still have to do laundry, but like doing it like very frequently. Like right now I'm, I'm very like, Hey, can I just have some more clothes? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, 
it's really nice and and plus two just i have i have my like racing area and i just kind of just keep that up a little bit and do minimum so um yeah um can you describe how you are as a passenger in a streetcar? um pretty laid back unless i it depends on who's driving like if i'm very like like if it's nighttime i'm gonna fall asleep i'm the worst um you know i'm going to bed good luck if you kill us great if not even better like Do people get mad at you for that because that's like a party foul sometimes. that is most of the time a party foul but i think they just know they already know like i already pregame them i'm like hey man i'm out the second we get going like i'm gonna need <laughs> you better buy me 300 i did like i had to do a late night drive the other night and like i was like you better buy if, if you want me to be up or you want me just to drive buy me some energy drinks and they did so that's really nice <laughs> um it, like if it's my mom, I I back I corner seat drive a lot. I'm I'm like mom, just please. I don't like her driving. Her, yeah. She's she's pretty bad, honestly. She's very um like you know how like there's a car they have like a like a car is like um they have like the best they drive like it's smoothest the motors really. My mom's probably like 92. Is it's like set like it just and my mom's like yeah it just drives the best at like 80 or 90 and I'm like. Yeah, if it does it for years at a time, yeah, it's gonna be like that. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty chill. I'm gonna fall asleep unless unless my mom's driving. I'd rather just drive. What is an app on your phone that you love using and think more people should know about? Oh, um, I'm really big into the Bus Derby, the game. Bus it's Derby, really oh, fun. That's not one you I get know. a bunch of points just for wrecking the hell out of people. So it's really fun. Um, I mean, I just use basic apps. That's the only game I use. I, I started figuring out, like, um, I just watch YouTube all the time on flights that, like, I downloaded a video on. But uh, the app of the game, um, I was like, man, I need to, I need a game when I run out of video. So I got that game, and I, I run the hell. I spent too much money on it so far. So do you need internet connection to play it, or like, does it work no, on the no, plane? No, you're good. You oh. just so you sew it up. You just. You just wrecked out of people in buses, but like they have ovals, dirt ovals. Like it's really fun, actually. So, is it one of those games where, like, can you earn enough stuff, you know, to not have to pay for it, or do you like pay for the upgrades? What do you? No, you can you can do it for free. Like you can get there. Um, like but like I did. Um, like I subscribed to their newsletter or whatever for, and I got like a bunch of upgrades for free, and I just use some junk email that I never use. I'm like, oh, this is no brainer i just feel like i cheated the game but it's so fun like it you just go fast like if you have a super fast bus and stuff and then and then um because i skipped so many levels like you have to complete all the levels unless so like i was like crap i used all my money this and that so now i had so like i put like 20 bucks in it and whatever but um still way too much for an iphone game no I'm, i'm with you uh what do you do to make yourself feel better when you're having a crappy day I don't know um i try not to have crappy days honestly that's the whole the whole goal of not having a crappy days start the day right like you just like wake up and not not be sad i don't know i've i've been lucky enough that i don't have a lot of you know i don't have childhood trauma i don't have i don't have you know a lot of bad things going on in my life I, i'm i'm very thankful that i have gr- good things there's not a lot to be upset about but um you know i just try and like even racing like i try like i was super like results dependent like if we we could have the funnest week of the year and we run bad or have an accident or something, 
you know, instantly you just felt bad for the next two or three days, you know, and that kind of sucked. So I, I just started to figure out, like, if I just try to have the most fun I can possible. That and, and that's all I care about the most, and the results are the bonus. Then, uh, then I won't. Uh, then I'll enjoy the weekends more and ex- be excited for them. And uh, I like to try new things. I like to put other people in uncomfortable situations, and I, I just like to have really good time and be around friends as much as possible. So, um, I mean, anything I could do to like prepare for you know a bad moment and stuff is just if, as long as I you know, wake up and just be excited and not have a schedule and like burn myself out and things like I feel good. That's a good answer. Um, so I've been asking readers to send like dear Abby life advice questions and I'm matching each one up with a different driver. Okay. So hopefully you can help this person, whoever it is. So they say I'm preparing to move to a different part of the country on my own. I work a lot of freelance gigs, so it's hard to make friends through work. What is the best way to make friends outside of work after a life-changing move? Man, um, you just gotta put yourself out there. You gotta be okay to be alone sometimes. Like, not gonna meet people the first day. You could get lucky. Um, But I can assure you, you ain't gonna meet anybody if you're sitting at home um, or, you know, just thinking they're gonna come to you. Like, nobody's, nobody's really gonna seek themselves out if you don't look approachable. So if you're out, out there and you're sitting alone, um, you know, you're at least approachable. You're at least sitting alone. You're hanging out. You're watching TV wherever you are. Um, you know, if you're if you're in public, you're approachable at least. And if you look fun to talk to or mingle or whatever, you know, eventually you know, might have to stick it out a few days. But I think that's the biggest thing. Or you know, go to a sports game or or even you know, if you do do freelance, like just be fun to be around, enjoy and. If you like, eventually you gotta see someone or be around someone in your work, and and it'll be enjoyable to be around, and they'll invite you eventually. You know, it might take you a few months or a few weeks, but eventually, nobody has nobody to talk to. Like, yeah, you'll find somebody. Yeah. So um, on our last twelve questions, you had said that you're six three and three quarters. So uh, you're obviously a tall human. Your your head is almost bumping on the hauler here as we're as we're ta- chatting. Um, so, uh, what are the pluses and minuses of your height? Like, when does when does it serve you well in life, and when you're like, man, uh, I, I don't know, I, I could do without being this tall. Well, I get to I get to make short jokes. I don't get short jokes thrown at me, so that's it's a plus. I don't. I've never heard anybody make fun of anybody for being too tall, so that works. Um, so that's enjoyable. Um, it's it's rough in my truck. This truck you think is easier. It's taller, but it's actually shorter. So my legs are tough. When I go around like dirt cars, dirt midgets and stuff, it's it's definitely tight. Um, so so that part's sometimes frustrating. Like when you have to sub for somebody or something, you know they're you're probably not gonna fit in their seat. So um, you know, you gotta you gotta buy extra clothes. You know at different places. And and, and the biggest thing too is you know. You, I finding out really quickly that uh, you know racing wise you you got to get different seats than almost that are existent. People have to make custom stuff, so that just makes it a little bit of a hassle. So, but um, I've luckily I got a growth spurt about like ten or eleven, so almost everything in racing is comfortable as long as I fit, and so I'm not picky at all. And because I all my life in racing, I never had a chance to be picky. Gotcha. So uh, this is a, a wild card question. So you, um, 
I mean, there's there's other drivers, I'm sure, around this age demo, but, like, you're one of the first people that I know of that grew up in, like, the fan internet era, so to speak. Like, you know, you with, with Eric Esep's YouTube yeah. videos, like, before he was doing um, the stuff he does now, like, with the stop motion stuff, you had your name on one of his cars, if, if not, I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, so, like, you've seen this from, from like the, the sort of digital age, I guess, from a fan perspective, and now you're in it. What's that been like going from that world to like finding yourself immersed in it from, you know, on the on the inside? I mean, super cool, honestly. Um, yeah, I was I did my own stop motions when I was a kid. You know, I was able to do that. It made me love the sport more. Honestly, it's really a little bit heartbreaking, a little bit that a lot of the stuff I had as a kid don't exist anymore. Um, you know, the Speed Channel with NASCAR Race Day, like that was the reason I loved NASCAR. Um, you know, the Jimmy Spencer crying towel bit, um, you know, the all the stop motions, you know, those still exist, but like just all the shows on speed and everything, like it's really disappointing that that doesn't exist because um, I know that made me love the sport more. I love racing and stuff, but it made me think these my heroes are superstars. They're celebrities. They're going to go, you know, I didn't understand why they wouldn't walk, be able to, you know, they're on the same level of Justin Bieber at the time. Like they're going to walk everywhere and everybody, like how would nobody not notice them? Um, and you know, that's kind of like they, it raised everything. You know, it's the same deal you see with F1 with the Netflix series. You know, mm-hmm. you, I get people that ask, like, I was in a hallway or something with, at a sponsor meet and greet and they were asking questions. Do we get weighed, you know, before the race and stuff. And it's, those are questions you never get asked ever, um, and especially like by someone who said they weren't a race fan. They're like, "Man, do you get weighed before the race?" You know, I saw like Verstappen did this, and like, "Man, did you? Is this true?" And I'm like, "Man, that's like, it's not just drama BS, right? Like, it's actually teaching them the ins and outs of the sport." And that's why I felt like Speed did a really good job. You know, back in the day, like you you felt like you knew everything you know you were you were right there you understood it understood why it happened so you knew everything that happened and you just get a greater appreciation for it so um, i'm very thankful i was able to grow up in that era and and continue to love it and just be obsessed with it for the longest time yeah that's really really cool i love that when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, in your career, what is the deal that came closest to happening that ended up not working out? Oh, um, <laughs> I could, I could say a few, but yeah, they, it more so includes like right now. Um, so I can't really announce that because it would give away a few things of what I'm doing soon. But um, man, I don't know. I I got really lucky. Um, I, I don't think a lot of people knew. Like I'm, so I ran. Jordan Anderson stuff for one one race at Eldora and then ran for him at Phoenix and was gonna do like an eight race deal or something six or eight race deal with him and it didn't not work out or anything but it was like a day within signing it like we're gonna just go do that you know just gonna run you know probably mid to backpack now no offense to Jordan but like you know his equipment was not 
by any means. You know, he was just getting started. Yeah. And you know, we were really close, and all of a sudden, Cody Efall with Nice Motorsports called, and um, you know, we talked to every single team, and they got the same deal. Every kid and every driver gets told now, you know, oh, you sound pretty good, and, you know, I'm sure you're halfway okay, but um, you know, here's our here's our bill. This is what comes along with it, and I never could afford it. And my dad called me, he's like, hey, they, you know, Nice Motorsports called, and I knew of Nice a little bit with Ross and stuff, and I'm like, man, that's cool, like that's nice they called, but I'm like, man, it's a bummer probably can't afford it or anything that was literally my words he's like no like they want to make it work any way possible i'm like oh well what are we what are we doing like just sign, let's let's look i'm gonna fly to north carolina and i'll go there so um yeah if they didn't call i would have ran six or eight races for jordan and who knows where i would have ended up but um you know they they called me and um you know they didn't really have a big bill attached and you know it cost money it's expensive sport they they saw something in me that was a long-term project for them and um they were interested in in finding um you know their next ross per se you know they wanted someone that could be there for multiple years and help rebuild that program once ross left and you know luckily that was i was the guy they called because i know they called a few and um luckily i was the kid they they settled on wow that's great that's a great story glad i'm glad that stuff still happens (laughs) Uh, who is someone you would be starstruck by when meeting them? Uh, uh, it was Dale Jr. this year. Um, you know, I don't have, a, I'm not big into like music or movies or really anything. Um, you know, I love them and stuff, but not huge on it. Um, but but NASCAR was my dream. It was my idol. Everybody was a superstar to me. Like everybody was a celebrity. And um, you know, with our technical alliance for Spire and JRM. You know, I was in the deal, and, and I talked to Dale a little bit on iRacing and stuff, but he just walked in the shop and was hanging out with me, and, and we were sitting there talking, and I'm like, you just, just talking to him, you know, it just feels like such a big deal, you know, just, it's like, man, this is, this, I had bed sheets of this guy when I was like four or five, you know, man, this is, this is awesome, you know, it's just, it's just something I never thought I would get to do, and then now, um, even growing a bigger relationship and even texting him at times and you know we were at the bristol you know chevy display and they asked me who was my coolest contact i'm like dale jr and they're like would you call him so i called him and put the phone to the mic and he answered within a ring and um you know he thought that was the funniest thing he told me about you know he was just picking up his 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 kid from school getting ready to head down to bristol so just things like that you know i don't think i ever would have thought would happen that's I, i love it i love it uh, what is the single most important skill a race car driver can possess? I, I don't know if it's a skill, but I think more so like just, you know, confidence is a big thing, right? Like that's that's a big thing. But honestly, just like being able to do everything without thinking about it. Like there's so many times where you run your best lap and you're and they're asking you what you did different. You'll go, you run 20, a 20, a 20, and then randomly an O and then back to a 20. And they're like, what, what'd you do different? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I have no idea. Like, I don't remember that lap. Like I, the best lap is the lap you most of the time don't remember. Like you just, it's a lot of time you're zoned out. You're just doing it. You know, the whole phrase of like, you drive to work, but you don't remember the drive, you know, that yeah. type of thing. But you gotta be able to do that with still performing at the highest level and putting a car within a quarter and a millimeter of the exact spot and around the racetrack every single time 
And a lot of times you don't even think about it. You're not thinking, you're just literally doing and your mind's on, you know, cruise control and letting your, your instincts do the work. Damn, that's pretty cool. If you can get to that point, I'm sure that's pretty awesome. What life lessons from a young age stick with you and affect your daily decisions as an adult? What life lesson? Uh, man, I don't, I don't know. That's, that's a tough one. Uh, I'm trying to think. I got in trouble all the time as a, as a kid, but honestly, I got away with it a lot. So I don't think that's a good lesson. <laughs> but um, just the biggest thing is like, just everybody's watching, honestly. Like you just don't realize how many people are watching, you know? Um, you know, just, you know, even if it's a quarter midget race now, all the way to truck and Xfinity, like somebody's watching, you know, for whatever reason, somehow they're watching. You know, I ran a, a late model race, um, we blew a tire with like five to go and it was like one of my first like travel late mall races and we blew a tire with like five or like 15 to go actually we we're leading came in put a new tire on and obviously we we're gonna be super fast you know brand new right front tire but we like had only 15 to go had to restart in the 20s like you're not gonna have a shot you know you could maybe get to like fifth or tenth but we passed a lot of cars right away passed for the lead with one to go just because we were so much faster i could you know the, luckily the racetracks the top was the fastest so everybody's running the top so i was the only car on the box so i just clicked two or three off every single corner and got to lead won the race and just had a bunch of texts from people that i didn't even think were watching you know it's wow. just like man like that's pretty cool and 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 you know even you know when i was 13 i got kicked out of berlin just because i was there was some politics involved with some kid that faked his birth certificate where i didn't um, they allowed me to run at 13 when you're legally supposed to be 14, won a race, and they were like, oh, well, this lawsuit's happening. They're arguing you were allowed. So because we approved you, we really technically shouldn't have. So, but like now I hear like there's people that when I started running trucks or um, everything, like they remembered that. They remembered huh. I was 13 and, and I'm like, man, like how would they like know or care? So. It's just pretty interesting, like, who all, like, pays attention, you know? They yeah. always just kind of look and see, and, you know, at 6, 7, 8, even all the way to 15 or 17 even, you don't realize that till You don't realize it all the way, most of the time, and, and even if you do, it's mainly probably too late, you know? Yeah. So each week, I ask a driver to give me a question for the next person. The last one was Chase Elliott, and he says, first of all, he doesn't think he's ever met you or you guys have never had a conversation mm-hmm. yet that he remembers. So um, his question for you is, so he, he was saying like with the next gen, right? Like he's had to go through a generational change. So it's, he's had to adapt to it and he's looking at your success so far and is impressed. And so he's like, do you think that this car just naturally suits your driving style or is it that you are coming in and not having any history with it and that has allowed you to piece it together so quickly? I think it's a little bit of both. I think there's a lot of negativity about this car, right? From a lot of people in the industry um where I never had that like I didn't have the nostalgic of like oh I love the old car I love the 900 horsepower car the thousand I, I love the high downforce car I love the low down like I never got to run that like this is all new I'm just just a cup car to me like this is the only car I've ever had so um so that part I think is is easy for me to come into and just enjoy like I have nothing to compare it to um, but it fits my style a lot. You know, the Xfinity car felt foreign. It's a lot of brake pedal, a lot of lifting, where this car really rewards driving in the corner, driving it super hard, uh, moving around, you know, and, you know, just driving it super hard with a lot of throttle, 
and that sort of fits my driving style even my truck spotter he's like man you're gonna love this car and i'm like why he's like i've never met anybody that likes driving corners harder than you so he's like just do that and i'm like okay so um yeah they they it just it just sort of fits my style and sort of just just fits it makes sense to me where when i drove the xfinity car i was always sort of confused like i was just always like man like i think i'm doing okay but like I really should be doing a lot better, you know, just that's kind of where I always thought, where here I feel like I'm maximizing everything, like getting the most out of it. I know the limit where the Xfinity car, I was like, I feel really slow. Like, even though I've run like third or fourth, I'm like, man, it just, I just feel slow. Like, cause you're just off the throttle for so long and always just kind of feel bulky. Like the cars feel super heavy. I'm like, man, you just always feel just slow. Huh, interesting. Uh, so I don't know who the next interview's with yet. So you can either ask a question that I can ask anybody or when I know who it is, I can double back with you, and then you can yeah. uh, give it for them. It's whatever you want to do. Yeah, let me. Uh, yeah, just text me who, who it is. Like I want to be able to know know because it'd be super boring if I got someone like really interesting or someone I knew or something. Then I didn't. Uh, and I just gave them some generic, boring question. So plus two, then I can kind of chew on it, think about it, make sure it's a little juicy or something. Sounds good. Well, thank you for doing this. Appreciate yeah, it so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. All right, everybody, there you have it. Carson Hosovar on the 12 questions. I think another good interview there. He delivered two years in a row here. So let's go ahead and make him an annual stop on the 12 questions. We'll we'll just pencil him in right, right now for next year. I don't know exactly who is next yet still as of this recording, but I do know there's only three 12 questions interviews remaining this season, one of which will be Landon Castle, who always goes last in the last but not least spot. So it'll be Landon and two other people still trying to figure those out, but uh, it's winding down and then we will be back with a different version of the 12 questions for you next season. Hope you've enjoyed this season's version overall though, and uh, look forward to seeing who we can get to wrap up the year. Anyway, thanks as always for listening and I will talk to you next time on the 12 questions podcast.